we're going to start today a new series called Amazing. And, um, you know, because there's some amazing things, right? There are some amazing things. What are these amazing things? So we're going to actually talk about God's grace. And, you know, we know the song Amazing Grace and things like that. And, and we know if you've given your life to the Lord, you got saved by grace, by putting your trust in the Lord. And so in talking about grace, there is grace for different things. And people need to realize just because grace is there doesn't mean you're living in it. In other words, is there grace? Because it literally means a free gift. Isn't there a free gift for the whole world? Yeah. But is the whole world experiencing that free grace gift that came from God? No. But if they would trust they would experience that grace that would make them brand new. And so I'm going to have us turn today to Ephesians 2.8. Now, we're going to talk today about the grace, not that saves us and makes us new in Christ, but we're going to talk about grace that literally empowers us for everything we need. There is grace available for us, freely, every believer, it's actually yours. And if you knew it and trusted in it, it would work for you just like salvation made you new. But just like you didn't know about salvation or didn't rely in the Lord, you didn't experience that grace. Did the grace cost you anything? No. But did it do something for you? Yeah, if you've received the Lord, it made you brand new. It took out the old nature and put a new spiritual nature in you and made you become a child of God. Not everybody is a child of God. That hurts. But it's true. You know, even if the news goes, you know, because people say, well, we don't believe in God. But then all of a sudden you hear them go, yeah, well, we're all children of God. No, we're not. But everybody could be, but not everybody is. And so we're going to look at what in the world is grace. What is grace? Because if we are saved by grace and we're to live by grace, we're to serve by grace, and we're to give by grace, and the list goes on, then we need to know what in the world is grace. Because if I don't know what it is, I won't even know what it is when I see it. Or I might mistake it for something else. Or just define it how I want to. But notice in Ephesians 2.8, it says this. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So grace is a gift from God. Now, notice the very next verse, and it's all connected, saying the same thing. Not of works. So grace, you can't work for it. It's a free gift. It's unearned. Grace that saves people. You can't pay for it. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough. You can't do religious works to get saved. So when people say, well, I'm good enough, when I die, God will have to let me in. Not of works. Notice the next part. Lest or unless 
anyone should boast. Well, let me tell you how I got saved. I just got baptized. I, I served in the church. I gave to the poor. I, I did all these religious rules. Um, that sounds like you earned it. And grace is something you cannot earn no matter how good you do. And I'm not saying, well, then do bad works. No, just recognize your good works don't earn you grace. Grace is something that God determined apart from how good you are, whether you are wonderful or not, he gave freely. You didn't earn it. You can't pay for it. He just gives it freely. And the only way to access grace is to act upon it, trust in it, rely in it. And so he said, it's free, undeserved, lest you think it's your achievement that got you. And we have to be careful as believers because we'll tell people, well, you need to pray more. Well, praying more may help you to understand and get direction from God and, you know, different things like that, or you need to quit doing this. Well, that may just clean stuff out of your heart, but grace is free. Grace is a gift. We're saved by this gift, but what we need to understand is like he said, by grace you've been saved, and then he explains what grace is. He said, through faith, he said, that not of yourselves. In other words, it's not of you. It's not anything you do. It is the gift of God. Grace is the gift, the unearned gift, the unearned thing he chose to give to you before you deserved it, before you were good enough, and maybe you're not good enough for it now, you're not disqualified from grace. You with me? Not of works, or somebody could boast. When you get to heaven, oh, you know, wow. When we get to heaven, nobody's going to be boasting like, wow, look what you did. If we did it right, we did it by grace. And if we did it by grace, that's a gift, an ability, something given to us that we yielded to, and we're going to go, yeah, you did this, but man, you were able to do it because of him. And ultimately, there won't be any boasting in us other than there will have been dedication to it. But in all reality, we'll look further than the person who performed an act, did something. We'll look to the Lord and recognize they did it by grace. Even Paul said, I did everything I did because grace was working in me. I learned how to work with it, and I became who I am. And there are graces to live victoriously, but then there's graces for service and stuff like that. And, you know, there's just people are gifted different ways, whether they recognize it's from God. And so we need to understand what when we became new and got set free from sin, that that we call salvation and becoming a new creation in Christ was an absolute gift. And that's why the Bible said, Whoever comes to the Lord and calls on him, he would in no wise cast them out. Why wouldn't he cast them out? You know what they've done, Lord? He said, in no wise. Why would he in no wise cast anybody out? Because it's free 
undeserved. So the most wretched person can access grace. Because it's undeserved. You don't go, whoa, you got to go to the back of the line. You got to get straightened up before you can access this grace. Okay, this is going over much better than I thought it would. But I mean, think about it. Paul was a murderer. You know, one of the writers in the New Testament, he threw Christians in jail, and he came and just said, who are you? And then he called him Lord, and that grace radicalized his whole life, changed him from the inside out like that. And the Lord didn't say, come back when you're better and earn this free gift. Okay, Lord. When I went to rededicate my life to the Lord in 1985, I was so messed up doing all kinds of stuff. I even told the Lord and told people and internally talked to myself, I got to straighten up a few things, then I'll come to you. And I found out I'm having trouble straightening up. And so I just said, I can't do it, Lord. I give you my life. And you know what? He worked in me by his grace, and I straightened up from the inside out. But I was trying to work, and I found that's not the way to approach You just rely strictly on his grace, something unearned. Or I could have boasted and told all my friends it was me that set myself free. But it wasn't. And the same thing's true for you. And so if there's grace for salvation, and there is, there is also grace to live victorious in every area of life. But it's interesting how that after we get saved, many times people are working to fill their hearts with things that are not appropriate for living victorious. And so turn to Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Hebrews 13. If I am to get saved by grace through trusting in it, and I am to live victorious by grace, trusting in it, then it can't be by works. And, but watch this verse right here in Hebrews 13. It's really fascinating. And verse 9, it says, Do not be carried away with various and strange teachings. You know, there are various and strange teachings that are not strange. say, what do you mean? Meaning they are strange from God's standpoint. He said, that's strange. But they're not strange from our standpoint of a lot of people hear it or teach it. There are certain things that are out there. I mean, and they can go from as radical as I need to be careful. That means I disqualified. I'm not telling. They can be from real radical to where... You know, if you really want to walk in this, you know, and live in this, you got to go do this ritual thing or uh, I'll be careful. There's some things I'd like to say. Let's just read on, then maybe I'll explain. Do not be carried away with various and strange doctrines. What are strange doctrines? Well, he's going to talk to us about some of them in a minute. For it is good... So he's about to tell us, don't get carried away with strange doctrines. It is good. What is good? 
it is good that the heart be established by grace, by understanding freely what the Lord gave and purchased for you. In other words, the heart should be established by what was freely given to save you, but freely given to you to to work and live in this life with. In other words, the heart needs to be fixed in these things. And notice he said, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. When he talks about food, he's not talking about cheeseburgers. Okay? Or steaks, or being a vegetarian, or whatever. No, he's talking about certain religious codes, certain sacrifices, certain things people partook of. And he said, listen, or didn't. He was just talking about these, and you can read the whole context of the whole book. He was talking about people uh, being fascinated in the Old Testament and religious people with certain religious activities. And what they had done was they had filled themselves with these religious activities. Now, there are things we should do, but they were doing them thinking, they're going to change my life, they're going to give me victory, they're going to do this. And uh, he said, the heart should not be established in the idea that my own works can accomplish something. Now, we know whatever we sow, we reap, but if I live by faith and follow the Lord, His grace, I'm planting seeds. And He tells us there are certain things. But we need to recognize here that there are certain wrong religious activities um, that He makes some interesting statements about. Because one translation here says, your heart should not only be established, but it said it should be strengthened by this grace. In other words, our heart should be strong in this grace. And then the King James says, not with meats, which have not profited those who have been occupied therein. So here's an interesting verse of scripture we're going to look at here for a couple of minutes. He said, people's hearts have been occupied. You know, your heart can be occupied with worry. But he said there are people who are religious who have been occupied their hearts. They have been fascinated with religious works. And there are certain religious works and teachings that we should not be occupied with. Because if you notice, he said, these people have been occupied. What is, when somebody gets a job and they go, I got a new job and this is what I'm going to do for my life. This isn't, you know, I'm stepping beyond this job and I found a permanent job. We go, well, what's your occupation? Don't we? What are you doing? This is my occupation because we know this is going to take up a chunk of your life. Right? Your occupation. When we think of occupy, we talk about possessing something. And here he said the heart is occupied with this. In other words, these are religious people who didn't maybe realize that their hearts were super occupied on a regular basis 
with religious traditions and ideas. And notice what he said. They spent a bunch of time doing this. A bunch of time doing this. A bunch of time doing this. And if you notice in verse 9, he said, these religious works didn't profit them. Wouldn't it be wild to be occupied with something constantly that doesn't profit you? But it's interesting, they didn't even look at the profit it would give. They were just occupied in it. So they're doing it, and it's not getting an advantage. But they were occupied with it. Could we get occupied with things that really are not of grace and that really don't work and uh, but maybe have some outward uh, look at this religious thing that I'm doing, but it not really change anything or do anything for us or for the kingdom. And but we're occupied; our hearts are totally full of it. You know what I mean by full of it, meaning works, works. In other words, we're relying on what we can do, how we can do it, instead of what God's paid for, His influence abilities that we can work with that are placed in us, that as we act on them, He works with us in service, and then other things that are with us to help us be victorious in every area of life. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. And He said, your heart should not be occupied. What is it to have your heart occupied? It's what you give your attention to. It's the way you process it's your core way of doing it. And there are people who get religiously trained and they don't even realize, and you can slip into thinking, am I good enough, Lord? Am I doing it? Uh, you, know, you know, I'm praying hard. I'm praying hard. Oh, well, that ought to work. Because if you don't pray hard, then it doesn't work. That sounds more like you than him and relying on his grace and trusting in his grace. Which is a free gift, which obviously you need to work hard for and pray hard for. If we really rely on his grace, we can fall on to his grace and trust in his grace. You know, every now and then you'll see online uh, videos of, you know, those, uh, I was going to say games, they're not games, they're like, they're team building, you know, we're team building, you know, just, what are you guys doing at work today? We're doing team building, all right, and then they're like, okay, everybody get here and you stand on the table and you fall and we'll catch you, right? We're team building. No, you're not, because even though we catch you physically, somebody might just stab you in the back later. Amen. But, you know, every now and then you'll see one of those videos where they get people there and they go like on the count of three or ready, they go and the person falls and they're not paying attention. They hit the ground. Bam, you know, and whoops. There's no time that you can just fall on God's grace when you trust it that he'll let you down. 
But the issue for him and it working is trust. But in all reality, he said, don't let your heart be occupied with things that don't profit. But be occupied and let it be established in and fixed in grace. Something unearned that he purchased that belongs to us. But here's the thing. If I don't know it is mine, I can't trust it. In other words, knowledge is key. And without knowledge, I can't trust it. If I don't know God's character, then is it easy for me to trust? But if I go, no, God's unfailing, that's something I can trust in. And so he said, let your heart be established in grace, not occupied. And so in all reality, he wants your heart to be occupied or your time of thinking and pondering to be occupied with grace. What? Is grace something unearned, something he paid for that is freely given to you, a believer, whether you know it's yours or not? It's yours. So, the first thing to trusting in it is I got to know what it is. Turn to Ephesians, the first chapter. You with me? Ephesians 1. So, could my heart be established with religious things that don't profit? Yeah. If I'm thinking I got to do this or do that, keep this feast, you know, it's amazing sitting up here sometimes. Aye, aye, aye. Ephesians, the first chapter. And we just need to recognize if my heart is to be occupied by grace, and why would he want my heart to be occupied or established in grace? Because what my heart is established in or full of, I put my trust in. Thank you. It's the truth. If your heart is so full of worry, you know what? You can just say you're trusting in it. And so he said, don't do that. So, well, how do I know then what is grace and what's been freely given to me so that I can be occupied with it and not with other things that don't profit? He's basically telling you, uh, it's like a game show and there's two doors. And he's like, behind door number one are religious traditions that profit nothing. You spend your time there, you'll be working hard, you don't get anything. Or door number two, grace that is profitable for your life. I don't know. You know, it's hard for people sometimes to come away from religious traditions. Because they connect them more to God than God connects himself to them. Now, I don't mean the person, but to that thing. Matter of fact, Jesus one time said, it's the traditions of men that make the power of God of no avail. So he didn't say there wasn't power. 
He just said people can get a hold of religious traditions. They could be going through all kinds of different motions and doing different things. And, you know, they think their Christianity is just feeding the poor. And they think they hit it out of the park when they cleaned somebody else's neighborhood. Oh, let me get down to it. We painted their house, man. Do I think there is grace to help people at times? Yes. But there's a side to that where it may not be grace to do that. And it may just be a religious tradition because I got to keep the saints busy because saints do stuff. And if they don't do stuff, then we got to do stuff. And we're doing stuff and it may not be profitable. Boy, there's much you could say. I mean, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I know people who've gone on mission trips. And all they do is go teach ladies how to put makeup on. Serious. Serious, no joke. And teach them a skill. Am I okay with people helping them teach a skill? Yeah, but did they get saved? Or did I do a religious thing that profited nothing and I got to come home and say, I went on a mission trip. It's going over real well. (laughs) And I'm okay with cleaning up trash outside. And I want stuff cleaned up. I'm okay with that. And I think, you know, hey, let's go out. If you want to go out and clean up neighborhoods and you represent our name just so people can come in and therefore know of us so they can come and get saved, but just to go clean neighborhoods? No. You know how the apostles did it. They got everybody together and said, let's go paint homes. And it said when persecution came on the church and they spread everywhere, it said they painted homes and cleaned up trash in people's neighborhood as they went. Then they came back and reported to the council of the church all the mighty works they did. We were painting homes and cleaning up trash in neighborhoods. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I am saying, what does it ultimately do? I mean, I'm for cleaning up trash. If I walk through my neighborhood and I see some trash, I'll pick it up. But I'm not fooling myself thinking I'm a better person. I've done something for God. Now, if it opens a door where I can share the truth, okay. But sometimes that's not what it is. And our hearts become occupied with religious things. When the church, the early church got persecuted and they got spread everywhere, it said the message spread. Not painting and cleaning. Now, I'm okay with building a church that's doing something right overseas. But my thing is, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel first. And if we're occupied with the wrong thing, we'll have to be careful because we'll think we're doing something great and we could be missing the mark.
So our hearts need to be fixed in grace. What you can't turn, what you can't buy, what you don't deserve, but God gave and set to your account already. And so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we can't help people, can't do things. I believe God could lead you to help a neighbor. I'm just saying God would lead you to do that, and you wouldn't be just like, okay, this is what I do. Do you ever witness to people? No. Well, that's not appropriate. You know what I mean? If all you're doing is just cleaning. I mean, unless it's your company or something. Or your own home. Right? This is going over well. I knew it would. That's why I called it amazing. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Notice he blessed the believer with every spiritual blessing. Anything you would ever need is actually already set to your account. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. God freely supplied it by what Jesus did when he died and rose again. It doesn't matter if it's healing or protection, prosperity, peace, authority over the enemy, the Holy Spirit being filled. It was freely given and available, and through trust, you could walk in it. Notice this, uh, 2 Peter 1.3 tells us about this same type of thing, how he... God supplied to every believer or gave it to your account. You can have money in the bank right now and lots of it and do you no good until you spend it. And people can have this stuff, but they need to get this truth in their heart. They need to be more occupied with what he did and got and the working he has done for them than just occupied in your own works to achieve something. You'll find prayer changes. Life changes. Notice here 2 Peter 1 verse 3. Now I'm going to read it though from the New Living Translation. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. In other words, once you're saved, he has put to your account whatever you'd need. But how many people are occupied with works? And you know what works do? You ready? Works make me try to get. Grace says you already have. Works say, I'm trying to get. Why aren't you giving me this, God? Grace says, I've already done something. I've already given it. And you're like, come on, God. Come on, God. I'm just praying. I'm going to fast. I'm going to make God give this to me, make God do this for me. But grace says you can't earn it by forcing and twisting his arm. You have to trust and believe that it's yours. 
And he said he has. He didn't say he's going to. And he said when you came to know him, there was all kinds of stuff set to your account. Notice, let me read it again. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. When you got saved, it's there, whether you know it or not. Just like grace is available for every lost person without earning it, it's there to their account. All they have to do is say, Jesus, be my Lord. And God will in no way cast them out, and they would come to know him. But no wonder it's our job to tell the world about the grace. Because if all I do is do something and clean the leaves up in their yard, but never tell them, they'll just think that person's a nice person, you know. Or they could just take advantage of it because they're lazy. I had a couple youth in my youth group who were friends with this other guy, and they started hanging out. And he was coming from this other religious background that believed in works. And they rode bikes. (laughs) Somebody's like, a lot of people ride bikes. These guys ride bikes and wear badges. And so he had to do this yard, all this work around his house. And these guys on bikes knew his family. And he's starting to come to our church. And he gives his life to the Lord. Now, how many of you know that you can give your life to the Lord and not do everything correct? That's the first bunch of nods I've gotten. And so these two kids that were established in our youth group were over there. And they're like, hey, let's go do this. He's like, I can't. I got all this work to do. And he's all, no, wait a minute. I know. So he called these people that ride their bikes and say, could you come help me? They came right over. He got all his yard work done. They wanted to talk to him. He said, I'm done. I'm going. And the three of them left. Okay. What did that do? That was a religious thing that they're occupied with that didn't do anything and these guys took advantage of it now i'm not telling anybody here to do that oh this sounds awesome who's your gardener well let me tell you no that's not what i'm saying but these people are occupied with works they don't profit there's no grace in that thank you and so he said here we need to be occupied and everything, healing, deliverance, the Holy Spirit, it's all available. It's yours. Now, if I don't know what it is, I can't trust in it, but I've got to give myself time to it. I need to entertain it more than I need to entertain works. And I need to be occupied with it, and I need to establish my heart in it. You know how people get full of worry and then they just tend to worry all the time? Because that's how they think. You should feed from the Bible on all the stuff that in the New Testament that says is yours. You'll find verse after verse after verse after verse after verse. And become occupied with it. 
And then when you get occupied and your heart gets established in it, then this verse right here we're, we're going to close with in Romans 5.2 will work for you. Romans, the fifth chapter. And this is talking about this life we live, that it is a life that we're to live by his grace, what he has freely supplied. One thing that I know is grace can be present for you now. But until you know about it, you can't trust it. In other words, we know this in the big picture that, you know, there are people halfway around the world in some tribe that have never heard of Jesus. Well, they don't know that that is God's gift freely given to the world for them. Well, they can't put their trust. But once they're told, they can go, oh, serious? And then they can choose to put their trust. And if they put their trust, they'll become a new creation. And so right here in Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, having been justified, and he's talking to Christians. You could read it like this. Therefore, having been justified or declared just like you'd never sinned by faith, we have peace, reconciliation with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, through Jesus, also we have access by faith or trust, into this grace in which we stand. Remember when you face any problem in the world, you know, any problem as a believer, there's an admonition in the Bible, in the book of Ephesians, that says, having done all to stand, stand. Notice here he said, by this trust in this grace, we stand in this. We're to stand in this. You could say it like this. You are to stand in God's ability and what he paid for. But the only way to do it is, notice the phrase, we have access by faith or trust into this grace in which we stand and rejoice. Now, if you read the whole context down in the 17th and 18th verses, he, all the way through, even when he talks about the love of God that's poured out in your heart, he's not talking about the love definition of patience and kindness. He's talking about the love of God so loved the world that he gave. And he paid for something. And he said the Holy Spirit will reveal this stuff to your heart. He'll get this knowledge in your heart if you will study and look or be around it and hear it. He said he'll work to shed this abroad in your heart and then read the whole context and he's talking about grace and victorious living, right? Even 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. We've all received abundance of grace and the gift of right standing will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. But you can't reign in this grace that you have because you've been made right by Jesus without knowing about it. When you know about it, you can put your trust in this free gift. Have I been really set free? But I'm bound. But he said, I have a gift that made you free. So I put my trust there. Okay, Lord, now I'm going to act according. 
when this fills my heart. Because remember, with the heart, man believes. The reason why we're stymied so much is we're too occupied with too much work and too much effort on our part. And there are things we should work and do and serve. But we need to be occupied with what he paid for so inwardly. I just know it inside. I know about salvation. It's free. You can't earn that. It's yours. But I need to know about all the other stuff he provided. And I need my heart to be established that I'm delivered from sin. Though I live in a sinful world, I can live free from addiction. I can live free. I need to be occupied and I need my heart established in the fact that he has already delivered and paid for this for me. But how many people are not occupied with that? They're occupied with, I'm trying to get free. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying and I'm working. And they don't realize they're occupied with something that does not profit them. But they're trying to get the profit of it. And it's non-profit. And they're occupied with it. This is why it's amazing grace. Because as people in the United States, at least an older generation, we think, man, bust it out. You work, man. And there is a side to working and doing stuff. But we think, if I'm going to get anything and anything that I get, I work for, you got to change in this area. Now, you may have to at least engage in the work you are to engage with which is not the physical aspect, but engage in the study and the occupation or the occupying of your time with what he's provided. Because think about it. The religious world is not to be without profit. But how many people are in the religious world and it's not profiting them? And some of them are already saved. They just need to establish their heart in grace Because with the heart, people believe unto whatever it is. And you need to recognize, you're not earning this. He already bought it. You just need to figure it out. Some people struggle with things that he's already purchased the freedom of that. And they're thinking, well, God doesn't love me. He won't do this. If I can get this right, he'll do this for me. And you're missing the mark. You're occupied with works. Religious system that won't profit. So you've got to establish your heart in the gift, trust in the gift, then you'll be able to live it by his working and his ability. I know that's a little bit different, and it may not sound hugely different to some people, and some people may recognize exactly what I'm saying. Three different groups I just described right there. But there's people all through the range We just need to realize there's a gift to live this life. You know, we'll close with this. I can do all things, the Bible said, through Christ because I work really hard. (laughs) Philippians 4, 13 and a half. No, I can do all things through Christ because God strengthens me freely gives me what it takes to do and live out. But if I don't do that, I think, oh, I got to work. And I'm not saying, all right, you guys, taking the day off tomorrow. You don't have to do a thing. No, we do work. There's actually grace to work jobs. And there's grace to make more money in your job. 
or to do something else and make money. We'll talk about that later. But what I'm talking about is these things that are freely given to us about walking free from fear. You know, there's freedom for fear already available for you. But like, okay, then what I'll do is fast and pray and make it work. No, you're not trusting in his grace. You're thinking you're going to work for it. And that will not profit you. And everybody said, oh, me or amen. But because it's so anyway. Amen. We want to trust in his unfailing grace. And if we trust from the heart, whatever area you're facing, there is an answer. Become established in it. And be careful what you're occupied with. Amen.